Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, The Boss Ravioli Queens. We are Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. And we are healthcare workers who decided we are going to spill all the ravioli on the ins and outs of working in healthcare. This isn't your usual podcast. If you came here for health and beauty tips, you're going to be disappointed because we are going to get messy. Every other week, we will feature a different topic that dives into the not-so-talked-about taboo and just plain underbelly of healthcare. We will talk about what it's like being a caregiver outside of work and all the struggles that come with it, just trying to be normal, everyday people. On that note, let's get messy. Warning, this podcast includes profane language, crude humor, mature subjects, and possible talk of bodily fluids. This may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 18. This episode is called The Traumas That Made Us. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about how basically every caregiver we know, including ourselves, has been through some sort of trauma which has led us to take care of other people. Mm-hmm. Long pause. <laughs> For dramatic effect. <laughs> I literally thought you were going to like start going into it right away. I'm honestly. so sorry. <laughs> oh. So basically, I personally don't know a single caregiver that has not been through some sort of serious traumatic event in their life. Mm-hmm. Like I, even the people that like have gotten hired as caregivers that are flat, like right out of high school. Have trauma. Whether it's like family with family or friends or um, past relationships or something like that makes you feel beaten down and defeated yet for some reason it brought you back to being able to take take care care of of other people and it makes you feel it's rewarding because exactly a lot of those people genuinely care that you're there to take care of them. I mean, for me, that's why I do it. I think most of the caregivers that I know um, who have gone through something have said that they do it because it's rewarding. Well, for me, like, my whole family has been a CNA or a caregiver at one point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom was a nurse, so... Yeah, and I mean, the area that you that Jasmine and I grew up in is primarily a healthcare town, like yeah, you pretty much need a job in healthcare, otherwise you're Basically, in a grocery yeah, store, it's retail. Literally, it's literally like healthcare on almost every corner. I swear. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was essentially made into a caregiver. I had to do a lot of things uh, that I shouldn't have had to do at a really young age, and because of that, I Same. felt like it just prepared me for that. Same here. I mean, for me, I guess I'll get into, like, the personal side a little bit. So, growing up, my grandpa had lung cancer, and he was also with a woman who had ovarian cancer, and they took care of each other for as long as they could, but eventually both of them had declined so much that they couldn't even take care of themselves. So my grandpa ended up moving in with me and my my family, and... Of course, my mom, you know, being like a home health aide and everything and a CNA, she knew what to do, took all this time off work to take care of him. Like, I gave him my room, so I literally slept on the couch for like a month, month and a half out of the summer because it happened during summer break. Um, And 
there was, like, times that I was interested in helping. Like, who doesn't want to help your sick grandpa? So, so that's kind of how my path as a caregiver started. But it was very traumatic for me, obviously, because I was only, like, 13 and my grandpa is literally just dying slowly day by day. Uh, I guess I can get a little bit personal. I mean, mine basically started with um, my mom being a nurse and it already kind of, like, interested me in, like, taking care of other people and stuff like that. But what really, I think, set it off is the fact that my mom had some, like, problems of her own or whatever, so which caused me, at a young age, to have to, like, do things for her that I really shouldn't have had to do at that age. Um, my, my dad wasn't around all the time because of his job and his work and stuff. Um, so then sometimes it was just me and my mom at home, and she wasn't always okay to, like, be around, so I would... Like, sometimes my grandparents would have to come get me and such, but um, I guess that's kind of what set me on the path of caring for other people or whatever and making sure, like, stuff like that wouldn't happen to anybody else's loved ones. Yeah. I mean, you're both looking at me, so I guess I have to get a little personal now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for me, there was just certain people in my life that just always needed um, to be taken care of even when I was like really young and it was kind of a situation of like nobody else is gonna do it so I had to step up to the plate at a really really young age and I had to do a lot of things that kids just shouldn't have to do Um, and so by the time I was actually an adult it was like well I've already been doing this for so long, I might as well go get paid for it. Like No kidding. Right? <laughs> oh, the heavy stuff. Yeah. Oh, Alright, so moving on. <laughs> moving on from that. Um, I think it's important that we discuss that not only do we have trauma, and I know we mentioned it in one of the other episodes, possibly the first one, I think, that most of our residents also have severe trauma that they have been through. Mm -hmm. So, like, we can relate to them in a lot of ways, but they don't know that we've been through our own personal trauma Mm -hmm. because you don't discuss that with them. No. Because it's our job to take care of them. Right. And they're going to think, like, oh, you've been through something traumatic just like me, so... But also it's because, I mean, you don't necessarily want to share too much of your life with, Um, your clients or your patients or anything because you also probably don't want it like trauma and stuff like that or issues that you've had in your life spread around to other people. Correct. Like they they don't understand sometimes and sometimes they'll just talk about it with other people and I don't think anybody wants that. (laughs) I think sometimes it's really hard like if a resident is telling me something that happened to them and like something very similar happened to me and I'll be like, you know, I really get it. And they'll be like, no, you don't like, no, I really get it. We can't get into it, but I really get it. (laughs) Well, that also jumps back to like not sharing your personal lives with the residents as well. Like it's one of the cardinal rules. You can have like 
your worker client relationship, but you you can't delve into that much with them. Yeah, Sometimes that's really hard to do. Really hard. Like if you're just holding it in and you want to just let it all go, I and you're know. like, but I can't, I can't, because we're not friends. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm here to take care of you, so you just vent it out, honey. Right. <laughs> just know that I really understand. Right. Okay. Well. This episode seems to be heavy all all the way around, so... <laughs> it's like I'm reliving my past. I know, same. Like, ah, PTSD, bro. <laughs> Obviously, everybody's um, trauma... My <laughs> God. Everybody's trauma isn't the, the same or whatever, so, like, I mean, there's plenty of different reasons that people have chosen to be caregivers. I mean... I mean, if anybody can relate, we'd love to hear what you have to say or, like, um, what you think caused you to become a caregiver, if you're willing to share. That'd be great to hear from anybody who's listening. Yeah. Absolutely. We love stories. We love comments, questions, mm-hmm. concerns. None of us are okay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally none of us are okay. We got it together on the outside, though. <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I feel like this is. We also, all got it. This is <laughs> this is also a great time to talk talk to talk about trauma informed care. That's a wonderful idea. Good so, old T I C. That tick training. <laughs> tick tick training. <laughs> So basically what trauma-informed care is, um, it teaches you how to care for residents with trauma, mm-hmm. how, how you can relate to them, but also keep your personal stuff personal, um, dealing with residents who have been assaulted in a sexual manner. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk of that because unfortunately in our field that is very, very common and it's disgusting and I don't know why anybody would ever do that to someone with a mental deficit, but hey, it happens really kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I'm missing I'm missing points of this, so I need your help. A so bit. a really important part of trauma-informed care is how to care for someone physically who has a lot of SA trauma. Yes. Um, specific, specifically women. I mean, obviously it happens to men too, but it does happen to females a lot. Um, so, like, I know one of the things that we're taught kind of, I guess, universally is, like, how to put on a bra without touching their chest or, like, how to do, um, like, peri care, which is basically just washing someone's private area um without you know obviously getting too personal or just like providing privacy like if you can if they can dress themselves handing them their clothes and letting them do it themselves while you step out of the room sort of thing or if they need to be watched or whatever like turning your back but just enough so you can still have your peripherals yeah that's what i learned to do a lot is like i mean you know as a man in healthcare, sometimes you know like a lot of the women don't want a man around to like um watch them like while they're they're getting dressed or whatever so like as much as they can do i'll let them 
obviously, like, if I do have to help them or if I'm supposed to watch them while, like, maybe they're in the bathroom or something, sometimes I'll do something as simple as, like, setting them up, making sure they're safe and stuff, and, like, being like, okay, I'm gonna give you privacy, and I'll, like, go to, like, walk out of their bathroom, but in reality, I'm, like, I'm, like, kind of outside the door mm-hmm. enough where I can, I can see them, but they can't see me. Right. Another really important one is always telling them what you're gonna do next. Don't just start doing something. And I know that a lot of us fall into really bad habits, especially if it's something you do all the time, you forget to tell them. But it's really important to tell them, especially if it is someone who's triggered really easily. Because sometimes they'll be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's really important to be like, okay, I'm going to give you your shirt. Then I'm going to help you put it on. Then I'm going to do this. And I know it gets repetitive, but well, sometimes even, it's important for them. I've but, even had residents like get physical with me. Right. Like they'll try to hit you or smack you, especially if you don't tell them what you're doing. Like it helps to tell them what you're doing. But if they themselves are not prepared and they're not ready for it, then it's inevitable sometimes. I kind of have a little story about that, too, because I actually worked with a guy that um, he was usually, like, pretty cooperative or whatever, but you'd go to get him up or, like, do his cares or whatever, and you tell him what you were doing. But he was very forgetful and confused. He was, like, a, he was like a veteran that was in a home now. And um, every time you would do cares, you would explain it to him. And then as you start doing it or whatever, after you just explained it to him or whatever, he'd be like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> so, then to re- so then you'd have to re-explain it again. So you'd have to like keep going over it or whatever. And then he'd be like, okay, okay. And then he'd be like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> but he was still cooperative. It was just, it was a little funny, but. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's a good point, too, with people with dementia and then people who have, like, assault trauma on top of that, that can be really, really hard to deal with. Very touch and go. Yes. Especially, like, well, it's traumatic for them because they're basically reliving it, just trying to, like, brush their teeth or whatever. And then that's something that you take home with you. Like, that's not something that you get to just leave at work. Nope. I've had many times where I've come home just bawling because, like, one of my residents who has dementia has gone through something <laughs> really traumatic, and, like, they just, they don't know what's going on, and, and they don't understand you're just trying to help them. Yeah. That reminds me of another little thing. There's um, a lady that I've worked with pretty recently that has dementia, and she... Um, for her, she used to take care of her parents and everything, and her parents died, like, a, a long time ago, but once in a while, she will, like, go back to that or whatever and basically relive the trauma of her parents passing away uh-huh. and going to the funeral and stuff, so once in a while, she'll just be sad and she'll be just, like, she'll think that they're getting buried tomorrow and Mm. that it just happened, and in her mind, it's really real. Like, it literally just happened, and she just lost her parents, even though it was however long ago. That's so sad. Yeah, it, like, breaks my heart every time, and she was basically reliving it, like, probably at least a a few times a week. That's horrible. So time for some of that dark humor. (laughs) (laughs) 
So when you're working with people that have been SA'd, um, it's important that you make jokes with them mm-hmm. while you're like dressing them or showering mm-hmm. them. Like you go to put like their pants on and you say, Hey, I'm just going to put your pants on quick. And then while you're doing that, you like, Oh look, you've still got two legs. Oh, Hey, <laughs> 10 toes. Like you just have to find a way to make light of it. As I said in the first episode, it sounded really bad then. And it still sounds bad to say that you have to make light of it. But now you guys know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can be traumatic for them is like when something happens to them and they get really embarrassed, like they fall or they have a change in mm-hmm. condition. Um, that's something that you have to make sure you're keeping like two, like saying, say someone gets a catheter bag and they hate it and they always talk about how much they hate it and you have to be like, wow, that's a cool bag you're carrying around. Wish a, I had one of those. Or it could be something just as simple as like they used to not be in, incontinent, like they wouldn't wet themselves, but now they do and <clears throat> they feel embarrassed about it. And you gotta always reassure them, like that, like that can be traumatic for them. You always have to reassure them that, like, it's fine, or like, kind of make a a light of it, light of it a little bit. I'll be do something as stupid as it's just like, it's just like once in a while. If I really gotta go, I'll pee myself a little bit too. (laughs) (laughs) I've told people so many times. Do you know how often this happens to me? Like, (laughs) definitely. And they they love that. They love that we can relate to them. You got mom bladder going on? <laughs> no, I know I do. No, that's boss lady Amy over there has got mom oh, bladder. <laughs> mom bladder. Y'all, I have COVID bladder. Oh. <laughs> like, the coughing is ridiculous. Sneeze, <sighs> cough, talk, breathe, anything. <laughs> Guess you better work on those Kegels some more. <laughs> and believe it or not, y'all, she's the youngest. <laughs> Oh, that sucks, because I'm the oldest. (laughs) Jasmine is the middle child. (laughs) And boss lady Amy over here, she the youngest. She's the prize. (laughs) I'm the most loved. (laughs) You you think so. (laughs) Delusional. Delusional. (laughs) Middle kid syndrome. (laughs) Good lord. Um, <laughs> so other forms of trauma, um, obviously it doesn't have to be SA, so they could have had, like, gotten beaten at one of the homes that they've been in or by a family member. <laughs> um, wow, that was some movement. <laughs> we got Jasmine punching air Yeah, over Jasmine here. was just showing us how she just... Lays the smack she down. lays it down. <laughs> What was that you said about Amy? Oh, Jasmine on the top ropes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, so um, obviously there's physical trauma. There's also mental trauma. Um, and sometimes those also go hand in hand. But like if someone has been verbally abused and told that they're the most lowest piece of garbage on the entire earth, like... And they're told that repeatedly, they're going to believe that. So our job is to make them believe that they are not that. And that they are worth something. Because they are. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, some of my residents, oh, beaten down so bad. Told they were worthless. Like, mm-hmm. 
just weren't going to amount to anything, weren't going to go anywhere in life. And I'm like, look at you now. You got a job. Like, look at you now. You get to leave the house by yourself. Like, there are things that these people do that nobody would have ever expected. Right, right. Like, they come a long way. And it's really nice that we get to be able to share that with them and, like, encourage them on Mm -hmm. their bad days, too. That's the rewarding part of caregiving. Seeing Mm -hmm. their journeys, like, especially if you have someone who, like, just had a surgery or something, and, like, seeing them go through, like, recovery is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And praising them for, like, it's baby steps, but I know they think that it's not, but it it is, and it's, it's huge. Something I always tell people, even, like, not my residents, is you have to appreciate the small victories. Because literally, something so small, like, especially for people who have mental illness of some sort, like, whether that be depression, bipolar, whatever, just simply getting out of bed and, like, brushing your teeth, that's a small victory. Uh It may be small, but it is still a victory, and you should celebrate that shit. I have residents who have very serious, like psychiatric issues and sometimes like say another resident's being mean to them or something and they'll they'll come up to you afterwards and they'll be like I didn't freak out I didn't lose it and I'm like that's amazing you need to be so proud of yourself absolutely and I feel like people don't appreciate the small victories enough Sorry, Jasmine's being the queen that she is over here. (laughs) Taking selfies and everything. (laughs) Just did a snap Z. (laughs) Ooh, get it. (sighs) Anyways, um, like I was saying, I just feel like a lot of people don't appreciate the small victories enough. And it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I am with that even. Like, yo, I do have depression. (laughs) So that's a thing. Um, you guys will find out in later episodes more about us and some personal things, but the only thing I'm going to share right now is that I have depression and anxiety, so hell of a combo, and there are days where I literally have to just force myself to get out of bed, and even if I don't have time to shower before work, yo, I'm still going to work. That's a small victory in itself. Yeah, Yeah, that's, it's part of, like, my depression, too, like, forcing myself out of bed some days. I just, like, sometimes I just don't want to do it. Like, sometimes you're just so drained and just don't want to, and I still force myself to get up anyway. That's a victory. A small one. (laughs) (laughs) What did I just say? I know. Appreciate that shit, bitch. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Oh. Wow, this episode did get heavy. It did. But you know what? It was needed, though. It was. It was. Because I feel like this just isn't talked about enough in our world or, like, in general. It isn't. It's not. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, honestly, like, we're so used to taking care of people and stuff, like, other people making them feel better that, like, sometimes we don't step back and take, like, a second for ourselves accurate like we don't we don't really look at like things that we're going through and that we need to work on or things that we're struggling with and sometimes it's nice not everybody has this but like some people like maybe work so much they don't have friends like that they can talk to about it like to like make themselves feel a little bit better or like get some clarification 
Right. So, <clears throat> and, like, Amy has, like, gushed about it so much, but I'm going to gush about it now. Like, I am so thankful that I have both of you. Because, honestly, without you guys, I don't know where I would be right now. Especially going through what I recently went through. Mm, I'm so grateful for you guys, Don't too. make me cry! Oh, so, I have makeup on. I was going to say, it. don't ruin it! <laughs> Bitches, what are you talking about? It's all waterproof. <laughs> Ain't gonna oh, cry. Love you too. Ain't gonna cry no makeup off. <laughs> we love you. I love you guys too. I love both of you. Oh. Air hugs. Air hugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that really does make it so much better. If you can find a couple people at your job, especially if you're a caregiver, to become friends with, absolutely do it. The more people you have to relate to with this line of work do it. Mm, sometimes you just need to vent about it, like whether it's like about the <laughs> working or sometimes, I mean, you know, there's even like those difficult clients that you want to vent about a little bit. Just don't use their names. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Do you know Billy Bob Joe? <laughs> this one guy really just pissed me off today and I need to tell you about it otherwise I'm going to freak out. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> Client X. <laughs> like that just needs to be like a new segment like, you know it really grinds my gears <laughs> i think that'd be copyrighted because family guy oh damn well we'll call it something else we're creative you know what really gears my grinds you know what really grinds my ravioli <laughs> it's done new segment <laughs> All right, well, I think we've talked about enough heavy things, so I, it's safe to say we can wrap it. I think so. Use protection. Use protection. Always. Don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. Practice safe sex, everybody. Also your hands when you're doing cares. Yes. Glove up. Glove up. Wrap your dick. Wrap your hands. <laughs> All right, you guys. Bye. 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 This has been the Boss Ravioli Queens podcast with your hosts, Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. Thank you so much for spilling your ravioli with us. Don't worry. We'll serve you more next time. Until next time, go wash your ass.